Hi everyone, this is Working Title, the podcast where we, for intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... Server up showing his... Alrighty, so... Welcome back, everyone, after a kind of a, how the hell do we introduce this thing? Can you believe um, it's only been seven days? <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it's only been one week since we were last here? Um, all right. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Working Title, a podcast where we talk about the top 250 English language movies on IMDb. And uh, what was our last one? Uh, doesn't matter. We're on to... Dog Day Afternoon? It was. was Dog Day Afternoon, the last one we did. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, definitely a change of gears here because we are on to The Exorcist, which I think is not our first horror movie. We did um, Rosemary's Baby. Um, Wait, but, Rosemary's Baby was supposed to be a horror movie? Well, hor- horror comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prequel to Rosemary's Toddler. Um <laughs> But we're on to a new horror. We, uh, this time we're watching The Exorcist, which, I mean, like many of these movies, needs no introduction. This is the 1973 movie um, that really kind of defined a genre. Basically, uh, uh, a woman, her daughter is possessed by the devil and no amount of scientific explanation suffices. And they have to go to, you know, a priest to have her exercised. Um, it's, I think it's a familiar plot at this point, right? I mean, it's sort of a, it's practically a staple of the genre. It's like a, I don't know, it changed the game. Um, and it is starring uh, Ellen Burstyn, Max von Sydow, uh, Lee Cobb, Kitty Wynn. A lot of, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know that many of them were super well-known at the time, except for maybe Max von Sydow. But we'll talk about that. But before I thought we get- Father Caracas was Alfred Molina the entire time. It was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so before we get too far into it, we like to introduce ourselves, the reviewers here in the studio with us. And uh, as a little prompt, uh, you know, we everyone knows the plot to The Exorcist. You know, these two Catholic priests come in and they try to exorcise the girl. Now, if we were to cast two other fictional characters from a movie or what have you, or one another fictional character or duo, who would you send in to exercise or to perform the exorcism? I'll go first. My name's Jack. And if I had to pick a character from another film to perform the exorcism, I would pick Leslie Nielsen as Dr. Rumack in Airplane. <laughs> 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 He's just slapping her. <laughs> Surely, Father, you're not serious. <laughs> I'm just popping in. I just want to tell you good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> oh, that's oh, man. <clears throat> My name's Mike, and um, I would choose. Uh, Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to her head? Don't worry, Lloyd. I took care of it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. Um, 
Hi, my name is Shane, and I would have chosen Dutch from the movie Predator, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> because she's thoroughly, she's very strong, but there's no way she's Arnold strong. <laughs> and <laughs> after his run-in with the Predator, he is more than ready to take on the demon, and I could, I just want to hear him say, do it, I'm right here, take me, take me now! <laughs> <laughs> just in the fucking brain scan scene it's not a tumor it's not a tumor <laughs> or like when he walks in the room he goes you're one ugly son of a bitch <laughs> jumps out the window at the end <laughs> damn it I really want to see this movie now <laughs> I guess he kind of uh, did do this film what was it called Where he, he gets possessed by the devil he gets what I'm going to look it up. Continue. That Rocket Man one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm June, and uh, I would have gone with Frankie Dunn, the uh, Clint Eastwood's character from Million Dollar Baby, because he misunderstood what they meant by exercise. <laughs> <laughs> you hope they're making her work out and shit. You need to get out of bed. <laughs> You're lazy. <laughs> You need oh. exercise. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Also, it's End of Days was the movie I was thinking of. All right, those were excellent. Yeah, I was also looking around for a, a good Mel Brooks character, but I didn't didn't get one there. Like I think it would yogurt. have been good with uh, Samuel L. and uh, Travolta from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> just read it Bible even the Bible <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, there are so many Tarantino characters that would be so oh good my God. Like, he's uh, just slurping on a soda staring at her <laughs> I, I would also take uh, Aldo Rain and crew yeah Woody Allen <laughs> Woody Allen Woody Allen <laughs> <laughs> oh lord I don't know if that would mean anything because he wouldn't need to be possessed to go to hell. <laughs> Ooh. And he's not allowed within 40 feet of minors or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, I think that's a good note to finish that on. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Just the format of this as a Woody Allen movie would just be... <laughs> oh, aneurysm inducing. Um, what do you mean a demon? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go on. <laughs> okay. All right. So the framework of the exorcist is, I mean, I, I think it's another one of these cases where it was novel at the time, but it is, it, it has been used so frequently that it's practically iconic, right? you don't even need to have seen it to pretty much grasp the plot, right? Like there's a family, something goes wrong with the daughter, they can't figure it out. You know, they they try all rational or scientific forms of uh, explanation, nothing works out, and then bring in priests to exercise her, and it's an ordeal. So I will, the, I will say everyone but the audience can't figure it out. I think it's pretty clear within like <laughs> three intro scenes of what the hell is going on. <laughs> like even, yeah. even in real life, I would be like, Oh shit! Well, 
it it kind of works out and makes sense and we'll get to it in a second but yeah that's kind of the kind of the framework of the movie um but before we start getting into sort of like the play-by-play and like what happens let's uh let's hand it over to mike who should be pretty fresh on this yeah do the play-by-play and talk about what happens that's your job (laughs) we have to let you do that the well, it starts out in Iraq with um, Father <laughs> Father uh, Marin. It, it is. It's it's Iraq. It, it does start off in Iraq. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, we start with Father Marin, who's on this um, archaeological dig site, and he's and he finds like um, I think it's like um, Joseph or something like that. He finds a pendant, uh, some kind of religious pendant, in one of these dig sites, um, and he starts having these weird kind of visions um, out there on these archaeological dig sites, and uh, it really sets the tone of this movie being very kind of uh, disturbing and intense um anyways he he the father he goes and he's he has to search for something on the desert or for some reason i don't really remember and he finds this big statue of um what i assume to be the devil i'm sure there's a name for the demon but it's this this big gargoyle looking statue out in the uh, out in the desert there uh so we fly over to georgetown in the united states and we meet the the uh, the main characters of the film, which is Chris, who is the mother of uh, a, a little girl named Reagan, and they live in this home in Georgetown as Chris is filming a movie. She's an actress, and she's uh, in the middle of doing this shoot out there uh, between houses. I think they're like moving to LA or something like that afterwards. Um, the movie, you know, it's going along, and Chris and, and Reagan they have a good relationship, and you know, in a loving home. And there's some other people that work for them. There are some servants that are in the house, and they're kind of taking care of um, Chris and Reagan uh, while they're shooting this film. Um, we also meet a another priest whose name is um, what is his name? Damien, 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 Damien. So we meet Damien. He's a he's a he's a priest and also a psychiatric kind of like psychologist who works for the school, the local school there in the, in the little parish in this town. And um, he's kind of going through a little bit of a struggle with his, Wait, with you his mean mother. The, the local school, Georgetown? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a little elementary school. But yes. Yeah, that one. So he's working for that the, the school, Georgetown. And uh, he is taking care of his... Well, his, his elderly mother is in um, New York City. And he goes and he visits her. And she's kind of going, slipping into dementia. And, and she's starting to become ill and sick. She ends up getting put in a home because uh, she she hurts her leg or something and she's she's not able to like, you know, grasp reality. And Demian is is upset with his uncle for doing this, but he, he feels guilty for not taking care of his mother very well. Um, and his mother ends up passing away while he's not around him. They find him like a couple days later or something. And so he's kind of got this guilt-ridden uh, loss of faith happening, and he's you know he's he's not really feeling like he should be the, the counselor to other priests of Georgetown, and he's struggling with this with this whole concept of his own faith and religion and, and the guilt of his losing his mother. Um, strange things start to happen to Reagan where she starts to you know like kind of loses touch with reality, and and there's you know uh, a couple of scenes that start to highlight this as they're having a, a party. Chris is, is having a party at their house after the shoot is done or whatever the films ended with their, with the director uh, and everybody from the set. And at the end of the night, like Reagan comes downstairs and, you know, says some creepy stuff to some people, like they're going to die or something like that. And ends up uh, peeing on the floor while she's standing in front of all these people. So Chris starts to uh, kind of, you know, take 
Reagan to the hospital and they st- these doctors start doing all these kind of tests on her and all these doctors are saying that it's psychological and that there's, maybe she has like a, a lesion in her brain and her lobe and her frontal lobe or whatever. So they start doing all these studies to try to like kind of figure out what's going on with Reagan, but nothing's helping. Um, they end up doing the spinal taps and, and doing uh, like EKGs and everything and taking photos of her brain and they can't find anything wrong with her uh, physically. So they're just kind of chalking it up to being a mental illness. And they keep putting her on like sedatives and drugs and it just keeps getting worse. And, and Reagan starts, she starts doing some really horrific stuff that's, that's obviously not um, like psychological or, or physical because people can't turn their heads around and, you know, the, she, the bed's shaking and all this shit's flying around the room and crazy stuff starts happening. And so uh, Chris kind of sits down with like, I think it was like a room of 88 doctors and all of them, you know, very scientifically put out the possibility of hiring an exorcist to come and exercise her to mentally get her through it or something like that. Um, so knowing some of the priests of Georgetown, she hears about the uh, Damon and how he's a, he's a doctor as well as a priest. And so she approaches him with the, uh, the concept of maybe hiring or getting him to come and do an exorcist um, exorcism, excuse me. And he kind of explains that like, that's not very scientific and you know, it's, it hasn't been done for you know centuries and he'd have to get permission from the church, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he gets permission from the church spoiler and they hire, uh, or they bring back in Marin, who is the, uh, the priest at the very beginning of the film, they fly him in and he comes in in the middle of the night and, um, he lets Damon be kind of the assistant during this exorcism of this, of Reagan. And, uh, during the, the process of the exorcism, the, the demon tries to, you know, guilt, guilt, Damon into kind of losing his cool during the whole thing and and Marin kind of tells him like you can't talk to the demon you have to stay focused and you know just keep pushing the 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 exorcism uh which he kind of does but like halfway through they need to take a break and uh Marin who's he's struggling with um I think it's I don't know what he has like cancer or something like that he's he's dying essentially has to take some pills and in the meantime Damon goes back in and starts seeing visions of his dead mother and and kind of gets guilted into it and Marin tells him to leave and uh, so he continues exorcism by himself and uh while Damon's out in the hallway he tells Chris that Reagan is gonna live and that they're not gonna let Reagan die um Damon goes back into the room to check in on Marin and, the, and how the the spell is going or whatever and the finds spell. out he's he's, he's collapsed <laughs> dead on, on the bed um so Damon he, he goes over kind of pulls off Marin and tries to bring him back to life and loses his mind and starts beating the heck out of the little girl, uh, which is, I guess, is a demon. He's just punching her and uh, starts yelling to, like, let, let the demon come into me. And uh, at that point, uh, the demon rips off his his little pendant that he had on his neck as well, same pendant that was found out in the desert, and possesses Damon and leaves Reagan's body and goes into Damon. And before Damon fully is possessed, he leaps out the window and uh, falls down this big set of stairs that are right next to uh, Reagan and Chris's house um, and dies, um, killing, I guess, the demon with him and exercising Reagan in the process unconventionally. Um, and that's really, it's like, it's really the film. And like, I just blow through the plot because a lot of it, an hour and a half of it is just set up and kind of just tense um, yeah. little interactions. You could say the devil's in the details. Oh. Oh. And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> just... All right. <laughs> Can we... It's an interesting observation. This movie was a, a one-shot plot recap by Mike. 
Yeah, so, I just went for it. That doesn't set the stage for <laughs> yeah. how this movie is. Mike, uh, I can already tell you, Mike's not going to like it. Can we <laughs> can we make the title of this podcast by Big Fat Greek Exorcism? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So I um, I want to hop back to the beginning. So the pur- <laughs> yeah, let's do purposes that. <laughs> purposes of all the Iraq scenes, those were just to establish this demon statue that he found and what's his name Max von Sydow as a character and then it has no direct relation to anything else in the movie right um, so no, the pendant. was Damien wearing the pendant it wasn't the same one it was it wasn't the exact same one but it looked like the one that he had on I think it was just um in in the Catholic religion it's uh, some patron saint hmm. is it Saint jo- Saint Joseph all right so the statue that he finds in Iraq is the statue of Pazuzu, uh, which is a Mesopotamian uh, demon, like uh, some kind of wind demon, who is uh, kind of an asshole. But for some reason, he's often called upon to like protect the house or like people's homes. So it's kind of weird that that would be the implied demon that has possessed. Uh, what's her name? Reagan. Well, would we as an audience know that? No. Or is this the extended exorcist universe? No, I think it's referenced in like the book. Mm. And like we as the audience, if we were into Mesopotamian iconography, <laughs> would recognize that as Pazuzu. But other than that, I had no. a feeling that's who it was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it Pazuzu? Is it Gilgamesh? <laughs> I think the beginning of the film also was kind of to set up kind of the feel of it because it was very tense at the yeah. very beginning. But it was so long. Like, so long. When, when I think of The Exorcist, I don't think about walking through Iraq. Like, I understand <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, that part was, it was a little good, too long. Yeah, I understand it was a good way to set up the opening. Um, yeah. But it needed to be, like, six minutes. Instead, it was, like, 38 before, we like, We follow him. Happened. He goes and gets breakfast. Yeah. We want to have breakfast. He walks through the market. He, like, buys bread. <laughs> it does also kind of show that he's dying of some kind of cancer. You know, it does kind of set that up for later at the very end of the film when he croaks on the bed. I do agree yeah. with June, though, that we could have wrapped that up in a good six <laughs> minutes. Like, you yeah. know. And I got the implication that, like, him touching the pendant, like, gave him mm-hmm. the heart problems. But I don't think that was the case. No, he he took so. the medicine in Iraq, too. Yeah. yeah. Or so that, like, I, he was, was going to bring the demon home. Type That's thing. what I thought was going to happen. I thought the little like the statue he found, like of the demon's head, was going to be the the you know the vessel that mm-hmm, travels right. to the United States. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was just setting the tone. And what I will say is, it did set the tone really well. And this movie is nothing if not tone, right? <sighs> the, like yeah. we we burn through the content of it, and it's not like it's not a good storyline. Like it's it's plenty interesting, but this movie wouldn't wouldn't be anything if it wasn't so like good at establishing like a the the tension and the tone the entire way through none of the shots felt rushed they went very slowly and and methodically and the acting was was phenomenal and you know like people really did a good job of making each each situation and scene feel like it was necessary even though it was a really long movie the problem i have with that though is like a lot of the scenes were what i am now calling like B plus role or like A minus role, um, <laughs> yeah. Where it was like on the cusp of being just like stupid B roll because it didn't apply to anything. Like oh, what? Like they're eating breakfast, but they're doing it for like 
eight minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need to see all your day-to-day bullshit. It doesn't right. set the tone for anything. Like, all the tense scenes, like, you know, a couple times of shit rattling in the attic, you know, that that's great. It sets the tone, but, like, I don't need to see your everyday life. At yeah. least not as thoroughly as it right. does. Like, it's okay to set the tone of, like, she's a normal kid, and she paints, and we have breakfast together, <laughs> and, you know, but, like, keep up a good pace. Because I, I like... I, I'll come forward and say I really, really, really liked this movie, but my biggest issue with it was everyone acts in a way that feels real. At least yeah. in this, like everyone, yeah. you're like, yeah, I guess that's how you would handle it if your daughter came downstairs and pissed on the carpet and said, you're all going to die. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> but until they don't, like yeah, the movie like, needs them not to. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The first actual like plot driving point that wasn't set up was 40 minutes into the movie yeah yeah well, i mean it it feels like it tracks with other movies from the 70s we've watched because i i feel like most of the the 70s movies do have this pace right where they're not in a hurry to get anywhere they're more concerned with establishing like the tone like dog day afternoon was a 70s movie and it was not um it got right after rush. it well it it got right into it, but it sort of it was a very sort of slow but it, burn. But it did that within the central plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, another thing that this film did oddly is it it did take a long time. It showed a bunch of like you know your B plus A minus role, uh, but at the same time though it jumped around a lot, like confusingly. Like I don't yes. know if it was a week later or a day later, but it was right. you know time had passed and we don't know how much time. Yeah, since yeah, there the time was is there was a tough. lot of uh, oh now we're in New York with the. Uh, Damien, and now we're in DC, and now we're in. Yeah, right. and like Damien Karras, I don't need to know that he's like Diet Rocky. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was waiting for that to make a difference, right? Like it's the Chekhov's gun thing, where well, if beat, you spend all this time on it, it has to come up later. He beat the shit out of the little girl at the <laughs> end. Yeah, so. <laughs> he, he goes yeah. fisticuffs with the demon, and. <laughs> Yeah, and like the payoff is that the detective is like, "You look like a boxer." Um, <laughs> it, it does have these little setups, like uh, I thought, because I didn't know it at first, but I thought it was gonna be really smart because Burke, the director, who keeps calling her servant or her butler a Nazi, and then the butler chokes him, and then the later the detective's like, "Oh, a man had to have killed him because his head was twisted clear off." I was like, "Oh shit!" They're setting up this plot of like. They're going to say that they're going to say Carl did it and Carl's the only one trying to help, you know, and then it never gets mentioned again. (laughs) Unlike the cop was useless too, like that whole subplot. Yeah, Uh, he I thought he was going to be this like driving force of you fool. It's a demon. It's not her. It's not this. But for people who haven't seen the film, this would be confusing because I didn't talk about that cop. And the reason I completely forgot the cop was even in the movie. That's how useless yeah. that character was. Well, he, he right. just exists to like ferry information between characters. Yeah. There was a there was a there was a cop who was investigating Burke, who was the director who died one night while alone with Reagan, and they found his head like turned around backwards. So this cop was looking into it. Just so we got all that confusion out of the way for anybody listening. Yeah, and like his character would have been the perfect vehicle for the uh like um logical uh explanation piece. Like, mm-hmm. he should have been the one driving home, like, no, there's, there's like, a murderer here. It's not some fucking demon, you know? Which, yeah. 
Yeah, but they also had the doctors that were kind of filling that archetype, right? Yeah, like, until uh, they're like, until have you thought about voodoo? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're doing all this shit, and then, like, within the same scene, the same doctors are like, all right, now hear me out. Exorcism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to medical school, but that was <laughs> so bad. And, like, I get it. It's kind of to demonstrate, too, that the doctors are at their wits' end. But, like, but this no, all no makes. Would ever- drop back on exorcism like it, it would have been better if they just left the doctors being like we don't know what to do and then the mom goes and starts looking up alternative medicine you so, know what i mean mm-hmm. i agree with that if they didn't come in and she wasn't growling and talking in tongues <laughs> like that's when he, that the doctor might be like i don't think it's a brain lesion i hope there like i wish there was a doctor that just like stuck to his guns the whole time like he walks in and the bed is levitating and he's like classic symptoms of the temporal lobe man (laughs) (laughs) Mm, they have been known to develop psychic powers with it's a simple seizure (laughs) now what I will say on that line is before we see the downright supernatural stuff like bed levitating um, mm-hmm. and shit like that, I think the viewer could very well see it both ways. Because I, I thought myself asking like, oh, is this going to be – because I, I don't remember this movie from the you know bits and pieces I've seen from the past – I was like, is this one of those, like, there is a scientific thing? Is like, is that the plot? You know what I mean? Like, it was left questionable enough until the near the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it kind of sets up, like, that tension of, like, okay, so we as the audience see what uh, Chris, I think, sees. Um, by the way, I don't know if every time I looked at her, I was like, she looks like Colin Mockery in a wig. Um <laughs> Anyway, so um, the the tension is like we see what she sees, but the doctors don't. So we're like, no, you have to believe her. You know, the chicken little thing where it's like, I know you think there's a rational explanation, but there's not. But But there was also the thing like when he um, when Karis sprays tap water on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If like freaks out. I'm like, okay, so like. Maybe it is like a a temporal lobe legion or something, you know. But that would make um, more yeah. sense if she didn't look the way she did. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of green the makeup, eyes, you're like, oh god. The makeup in this was excellent in so many ways. Yeah, uh, Dude, this movie anything would having not have to functioned. Do with... Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying this movie would not have functioned with the makeup. Even Max von Sydow was like forty, and they did his makeup to make him look like 70 so he was at times wearing more makeup than uh reagan was i gotta say though i could really tell that he was wearing a shit ton of makeup and it almost was a little fake looking especially at the very end there oh i didn't notice it at all i thought it was well i thought he, he was like, old you know the crypt keeper um <laughs> you know i i gotta say that it's amazing and i'm so happy that medical science has come so much further than the 70s when she was getting all of those like ekgs and like x-rays and shit and getting spinal taps that shit looked horrible yo did they really stick her because that blood scene i was like good god yeah that was so to there's a scene where they do um what did they call it um they like put dye in her vein or something or artery cerebral angiography um and apparently that was a very realistic portrayal of it i think from what i understand these days they don't 
do the corroded artery anymore. They pick a, a different artery to do that. But yeah, it's pretty realistic, I think. Um, yeah, it was very graphic. That's this- just lucky that Reagan didn't remember any of that. Then they're like, does she? She doesn't have any memory of the entire events happening. It's like that's pretty good because that would be scarred. Uh-huh. Was well, that I, like a proto MRI that like just like clanking around? It's like shaking. <laughs> I, I mean, I think they're still used. That's but how they yeah, do it. Similar concept. The hell do I keep saying it? What's an EKG? I don't think I'm thinking. That's the correct for your thing. heart. It's an okay. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. My yeah, bad. Whatever. But um, that's this movie does a very good job at making you uncomfortable. Without like without any jump scares, I don't think there's one jump scare in this thing, and yet you're very uneasy the entire film. And you're like, Ugh. and especially anything with the kid, you're just like, oh god, oh. <laughs> I think that's why, like, and this is my the only brand of horror that I accept. Um, this style and like the Hitchcock brand, where it's just tension and really making you uncomfortable without the cheap jump scares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And when they go to the scenes that reveal the demon, when Regan, uh, Reagan is totally taken over by the demon, I had my hands thoroughly grasping my head, jaw dropped, like almost laughing very uncomfortably just because of all the shit. Like when she's like, would you fuck me? And you're just like, oh my God. Like, you're like, this, it was so intense, and like I want to. This movie does not pull any punches with her, and it is it is good. And I have never felt that uncomfortable in a movie. Do we? Do you know if like that was acted by Linda Blair, and like the kinda, like vocal effects were done, or was it like you know what I mean? Uh, like there is a different listing on the cast for Pazuzu. Um, and I'm sure when it impersonates the other characters in the movie, like, uh, what's his name's mom and the director, those were probably acted by, uh, their respective, uh, gotcha. I remember reading that they also used, um, like a doll for some of those scenes, like a, and it was set up for like projectile vomit and stuff like that. Like all the shit that person couldn't do. They actually had some kind of mechanical thing set up for it. Mm. Um, I read some bit of trivia that the <laughs> the projectile vomit scene. Also, I was eating curry at the time. <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong lunch for this. So, yeah, so Blair's voice was not used for Pazuzu. And there's something about that projectile vomit scene where, like, it was supposed to need more takes, but they inadvertently... Uh, like just fucking yeeted all of the vomit onto her in the first take and her shock was so uh perfect so real oh yeah i see it here mercedes mccambridge uh sued warner brothers for credit uh, as the voice of the demon she originally didn't want a credit making like one the people they wanted people to believe that it was like actually her uh linda blair's voice um, but I guess afterwards the movie did real good and she wanted a piece of that fucking credit. God damn right. <laughs> also, I don't think that's how it works. You can't just use someone's voice and be like, oh no, we don't want people to figure it out. So you're just not the- going to get any legal credit <laughs> for this. <laughs> so with my issue with people not acting how they should, 
uh, she does a really good job. The actress that plays the mom, she does a really good job at being like a mom that goes from like, oh, we can fix this to at her wit's end. But in the beginning with the attic stuff, that was so frustrating because it wasn't just like a creak or like something that someone would realistically go like, oh, what the hell's going on up there? It must be rats. It's just like clanking and banging and like all this shit. And they're like, oh, it must be a rat. And I'm like, what rat have you run into <laughs> that is going to do that? And like <laughs> she goes up there unarmed. I would definitely <laughs> like unarmed. if a rat is big enough to make that kind of noise, I'm having a weapon. <laughs> like, I just the setup and stuff and like just the oh it's okay it's nothing and that happens with the doctors too when they come in because that was really frustrating like you understand that the doctors initially are going to be like it's not a demon it's lesions in the brain and oh it's probably you know because they didn't see the the bed rising so like oh it's definitely a seizure but the one doctor goes in there and she is growling and like she looks like a zombie and vomits green neon blood and has neon eyes and he's like maybe we haven't found the lesion (laughs) you're like like, bro come on like (laughs) i don't care how big a man in a science and the priest does it too they needed to save that conversion i think for later and let regan look more regan than that and then I would have bought more that they're like, no, I'm telling you, there's a scientific reason. But when you come in and her head's spinning backwards and he's like, this is a very severe case of schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's uh, kind of eye rolling. Did you did you guys watch the uh, director's cut or the original? Whatever the original. one was on Amazon. Yeah, were, I did it on, on Apple. And I think mine was the director's cut because I had a scene at the end where he gazes down the steps. Did you did you see the uh, the spider walk? No, I did not. I was no, about to say I, I was I was like I remember a spider walk. Where is it? Because it creeps the yeah. hell out of me. Yeah, that was cut from the original uh, theatrical release. Oh, now I want to see mm. the director's cut. They hired a contortionist. It's, it's really funny because this has become like an iconic uh, yeah. scene, right? Like I've like, seen that scene before. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is the first time I've seen this movie, but I've seen that scene. Yeah, so. That became, like, it was filmed for the original release. They hired a contortionist to do it, and there was a bunch of cables and stuff. Um, And the director deleted the scene because it was, like, too much for where it was in the movie, the sequence of the movie. Like, Um, too too frightening? Not, like, too too early in the possession, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, And then later on, he was like, another reason was that there was no way to hide the wires with the technology at the time. Mm. So it looked kind of tacky, but then, yeah, like afterwards in like the 2000 version, they added it back. Should have used stop motion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But on that note, like some more technical things. First of all, I really liked the, uh, the camera work. Um, Very indicative of like a Hitchcock style with, you know, dolly shots. There was a little bit of like a dolly zoom effect and the panning, uh, very jarring. But the you mentioned earlier some of like the practical effects that really made this film the makeup and the the scene when the uh, help me appears on her belly oh yeah mm-hmm. um, that was super clever so they did like a latex belly like a fake stomach and then um, they wrote the words with like a certain kind of fluid that when um, when heated it would like flatten out 
So mm-hmm. they did that, and then they reversed it so it looked like it would it appeared on her stomach. Nice. Hmm. On the note of reversing, can we briefly take a moment to be like, who the hell listens to something and says it's English, but reversed? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> As it's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, psh, that's English. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like talking about like, does she speak languages that she wouldn't know? And he's like, no. But apparently English reversed doesn't count for speaking. Uh, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Catholic uh-huh. church or sticklers. <laughs> and like, I I just that too where he's like, I'll never be able to get approval for this. I was like, just send him a picture, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, they'll okay this exorcism because like he yeah. records it, and the one guy's like, Yeah, I don't know if that's enough, and she's like, <laughs> like All right. Oh. So Shane, I'm gonna need you to say it's English but reversed, and then I'm gonna reverse it and put it in the opening of this podcast. <laughs> Duh, it's English but reversed. All right. There you go. <laughs> I'm interested to see how that intonation turns out in reverse. Uh-huh. All right. Anyway, uh, your technical notes, June. Um, Let's see. I guess uh, there was a lot of like censoring some stuff too. I Or like, I mean, obviously this is what, 1973 or something like that? Yeah. yeah I'm surprised yes. some of this shit flew, man. Dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Specifically like the crucifix masturbation scene, yeah. I guess. That's a charitable term for what happened there. Uh, I guess in the uh, the book, it's like really long and very detailed. Um, so yeah, thankfully oh, they didn't go me to never read too that much book. into that. Yeah, yeah, for real. Fuck. But I mean, talk about creepy, man. Like, I, I'll say it again. I've never had a movie make me just like, oh god, you know, like. But it, you know, that's a, that's. Ugh. That's the thing about this film, right? I would consider this to be really well made, well acted, but I I don't like it. I don't like this film at all. I didn't like how uncomfortable I was during it. Like, yeah, I yeah, like I, that. I think, though. That's a good I think sign. I agree. Of it. It's it's well executed, but I mean, even from the outset, horror movies are not my taste. So I don't know if I'm the fairest judge of it. But this wasn't just horror, in my opinion. This was more just cringe and. Uh, like uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Like jackass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's who we should have got to do the exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> Steve oh, just gets thrown out the window. <laughs> They're like Bam Marger is like Steve, oh, eat that vomit. Chug <laughs> <laughs> uh, the holy water. <laughs> Oh, Harold and Kumar perform an exorcism. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would also take the cast of It's Always Sunny. I was just thinking that the gang does an exorcism. Does an exorcism. <laughs> That's probably there, an episode. So, anyways, somewhere. I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> there are yeah, so Danny... many parodies of this scene, like of the of the exorcist oh, story yeah, out there in like... all sorts of different movies. Yeah, like jo- Jonah Hill and This Is the End. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that There's... movie. But, I mean, that's just a testament to this movie, though. Like, you know, this movie has such a iconic scenes to it. Like, it's it's on the level of, like, Luke, I am your father and all that kind of shit, where it's just, like, it is totally ingrained in movie history. Yeah. Like, forever. Yeah. It's, it's like, the iconic. Yeah, and you can totally see why. Like, 
you know, we know what happens in this film. We know these things are coming and still you see the scene. And I was just like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I also don't know that horror movies like this were really a thing or recognized until this, until The Exorcist came out. I guess Rosemary's Baby was about five years earlier, but it didn't really have any paranormal Mm -mm. elements. It did not go um, as hard as this film does. <laughs> I think I said in Rosemary's Baby when we did that episode that I used to confuse Rosemary's Baby with The Exorcist. And then when we saw Rosemary's Baby, I remember it just being it was like really, really boring um, the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, just little. So when we get into kind of things that we... It's like I'm torn. Where I wish this movie would have like indulged a little bit more. Because like, I... I guess it's better to be wanting more than to have too much because like, I, I thought there would be another exorcism scene or I just wanted a little bit more with the demon to like really ramp up the stakes of how dangerous this thing is. But I don't want it to turn into Constantine. You know? <laughs> See, <I'm on> <laughs> like, I just picture how this movie would have been made now and it definitely would have had guns. Like I think they tried to do a movie like this was with Eric Bana or something like it like has to fight it and there's lions and it, oh it's just insanity and I I like that it kept it real tight or even like uh oh what's the famous one the the possession where like the family that documents the paranormal and they go the to like paranormal houses. activity no it's like a famous ghost hunter couple <laughs> what, that what what's that song where the grandma gets run over by the reindeer <laughs> no. <laughs> okay but regardless but like they destroy the house there's an explosion there's a scene where like the the kid like gets into the roof and the ceiling and the basement and they're like there's a bunch of jump scares this it sticks, gets a little overdone yeah, yeah this doesn't indulge that at all like it's very reserved but not yeah. at the same time. It's it's you, definitely you, a less is more kind of thing. Do you think uh, going back to the actual plot of this film? Do you think I you know so when when uh, Marin showed up to do the exorcism, he like came in that night and they like ask him like Do you want to rest before we start? And he says No, let's just jump right into it. Do, do you do you think maybe he tried to just get right at it just because he's he knew he was dying from this heart thing? Because they, uh, they mentioned that he had done a, an exorcist years ago, and he's like the only one to ever have done one successfully. And it said that it took him like a couple of weeks or so, like a month, month or something yeah. to exercise yeah. this person. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I think they were just foreshadowing his death, right? I I don't think it was like a, he's acutely dying. I think it was a condition he had that was being managed, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. But their exorcism, like, so, you know, they're expecting to take a month to do it. Why wouldn't you take a little bit of time to set up on the on the front end? You know what I mean? Why just the same day you arrive, start doing it? And, you know, that yeah. exorcism they were doing with her only lasted like 20 minutes before he died. And then um, freaking Damien yeeted himself out the window to, like, finish off the zombie or the uh, the demon. Sorry. <laughs> Got the express service. Yeah. Um. Like, like well, why don't they do why don't they just do that bring somebody like you know Marin who's dying and just have him go into the body of that person and then just throw him out a window what if the priest's idea was to just murder her like he walks in and he goes yep that's possessed and he just pulls out a gun and just <laughs> <laughs> shoots her <laughs> problem solved <laughs> yeah i and i also i think they set that up where 
to kind of give us the question of did did the demon kill him or was it just the overexertion that killed him? So it was yeah, we don't know. It was a heart attack. Okay. Yeah. He was taking nitro pills the whole time, you know. So uh, it eventually caught up to G- him, I guess. June, you you said you watched the extended one just barely. No, I did not. I just uh, I just read, just about, read about it. it. Does it? Uh, does anybody know why Reagan got possessed? Like the the demon was one point was saying, "Do you know what your C word daughter did?" But didn't like I, explain. I, I think they set up the Ouija board that she was. I think the demon was already talking to her because remember they're like, "Hey, Captain Howdy," and you're like, yeah. "So the demon was already present and like trying to get." Because isn't there like some rule or something that you have to invite them in? Is it like vampire rules? Or <laughs> <laughs> I I think so because you have to like uh, have an opening, right? Same rule for pest control salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it does kind of answer it. Um, in the original cut, there were lines where. Uh, Marin says like the Reagan wasn't like the target. It wasn't because of anything she did, but it was just to like uh have her do fucked up shit to make everyone else like be afraid and like affect their like faith in God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um ironically the director was like we don't need that line. It's obvious to anyone watching the movie. <laughs> not not so, really, I guess, bro. Uh, he was wrong. Um I yeah, I I also feel like this conceit of like oh, there's a reason for this where, like, this house has always been haunted and, like, there's someone who did something in the 1730s. And oh, yeah. I, I feel like that's, like, a newer sort of trope in horror yeah. movies. So, I don't know. Yeah. In the re-release, they did add that scene back that explains the, uh, or, like, that it, she didn't, like, do anything. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't need this film to, like, handhold me or anything, but like maybe instead of another scene of them making coffee in the morning, we can do some more like character building or some just a little more like breadcrumbs for us, you know? There's so much unknown. And I can already like people are probably just like, Well, that's the beauty of it. Like to an extent. Like I, I just feel like there was you can walk the line of like spelling it out too much. And this, which doesn't spell it out at all, it's just like one day Reagan wakes up and she is pissing on the floor. You know, there was no yeah. like <laughs> slow descent into this. Like it was just like they're at the party where the not gay priest playing show tunes is playing show tunes for everyone, and she's just like, "You're all gonna die!" and pisses on the floor, and she's like, "Well, I guess we'll go see the doctor." Like, <laughs> <laughs> But there was uh, yeah, no setup. Yeah. There was no like Reagan's been off lately. You know, we haven't seen her like not eat breakfast or something. Like it was just demon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm reading about this and there's like so the answer, you know, mentions that scene between Karis and Marin who says like the point is just to make everyone else reject God or whatever. And um but then they're going on about like blah, 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 the, the demon deceives and pretends tap water is holy water and it's the it's actually Karis who is the demon's target and it's working through this girl but i'm like how am i supposed to figure that out like sure it makes sense but like you're quoting like stuff from like (laughs) author interviews or this or that and the other it's like sign shit right like 
oh, it's really about this man's faith, even though it's a fucking alien invasion. Um, <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is like, that sounds perfectly plausible, but I don't know how a viewer would be reasonably expected to do that using only the content or conclude that using only the contents of the movie. Oh, yeah. And like, I like the idea, like, it's a good idea to have Karis, you know, the priest that having a crisis of faith and doesn't know if he believes in God anymore. And then he has to like come face to face with the devil. Like, okay, that's that's good stuff. But yeah, that's a very convoluted plan from this Mesopotamian demon to be like, this is how I'm going to get to this one guy is through a girl he doesn't know. Yeah. So like the movie left out a lot of shit from the book. Which is good because the book is like some fever dream of like <laughs> kind of nonsensical shit pieced together. And like they add a lot more detail that kind of detracts from the story as a whole, I think. For example, there's like a huge implication of like uh, Burke molesting Reagan. Oh, um, that makes which, sense. You, I could, I could yeah. pick that up. But you know, something like that in the film, like, you know, it just adds another like unnecessary element other than like. You know, she just threw him out a window kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it goes into, like, when Marin finds the artifact or whatever, and then he finds Pazu- the Pazuzu statue, that, like, the idea is that the- he released the demon into this world, and then, but then later on it goes on to be, like, she f- uh, the demon found Reagan through the Ouija board. Um, yeah, like, there's all these things that, like, when you try to explain it, it makes it worse. If yeah, that, that trail sounds fucky. Cause I, I thought about that when in the beginning, and I I thought that Marin would be the vessel, like I thought he would come back to Georgetown, right? And that's how the demon would jump away from him, like it hitched a ride. But he doesn't work at Georgetown, and and he's the only exorcist out there. Like you're telling me, the Vatican doesn't have like at least five of these guys on tap. Like just the, the SWAT team. Yeah. I did like the line that like Karis is like, Oh yeah, you want exorcism? We'll just have to go back in time to the sixteenth century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's attach a rock to her and see if she floats. Like <laughs> another ambiguous thing that kinda of happened in the film was when uh, Damon's trying to tell Marin that there's three demons in her and, and Damon or Marin only says there's one. Like what was that all about? I think it was just to demonstrate it- that Marin is very knowledgeable. Like he's he's done this dance before. I, I th- um, that's how I took it. Is he's just like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it would have yeah. been nice to have a little bit more scenes with Marin in it, kind of establishing him being a badass. You know, just, old school exorcist old man. Yeah, I. But like, good. Marin showing up kind of negates half of the movie too, because right. uh, Karis has gone through a whole bunch of shit to like record her and like realize it's backwards english and the holy water experiment and then Marin shows up it's like nah he's just fucking with you bro (laughs) (laughs) you've been talking to it (laughs) (laughs) oh god please tell me you didn't record it (laughs) (laughs) oh no it just comes down like the hydra like (laughs) (laughs) the this movie does kind of undermine itself a lot yes Well, we're going to be okay as long as you didn't throw fake holy water on it. <laughs> Please. You did what? God, so you didn't use tap water. <laughs> it's in the pipes. <laughs> um, I wish they would have... Um, did you ever see the movie with Anthony Hopkins? 
where he's an exorcist. He's like the top exorcist or whatever. It's supposed to be, you know, based on a true story. It, it's like based in Rome or something. But I wish they would have had an actor with that kind of presence and spent a little more time with him. Like if Anthony Hopkins came into The Exorcist and did this, I think it would have made the exorcism part so much more epic. You know, then you could also have Karis like finish the ritual or like to even end it with how it did. But it's so it's too abrupt. It's too little for how much time we spent to get here. Originally, Jack Nicholson was considered for Karis. Um, the trivia says that the director thought he was too unholy to be a believable <laughs> priest. Yeah, I agree with that. I, Mar- <laughs> Marlon Brando was considered for, I think, Marin. See, that's, I think, now I'm not saying Sado did a bad job. I just wish he was given a little bit longer to demonstrate, like. Yeah, because yeah. he's in the beginning, disappears, and then comes back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like we we think, want to see the confrontation. I, We've bought in for this. Like, I think Shane, what I'm taking away from what you're saying is you wanted to watch a different Exorcist movie. No, <laughs> like I the really whole time, you just you've been comparing this movie to all the other Exorcist no, movies. No, they out they there. all sucked. They just had good little <laughs> scenes. This actually was good. I really really liked this film. It's just. We just do a super cut with all the good scenes from the Exorcist movies that you like, and then put that into yeah. this one. Because it, I, Mike, I don't you, want to. You know s- this now. This is what Shane does. He talks about the movie he wished he saw every <laughs> single time, and it's always worse. <laughs> it's not worse. The movie I'm pitching is way better. <laughs> Shane's over here, like oh, I wish, I wish the mom was Tom Cruise. <laughs> that would have been awesome if the father was Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> the possession is just him jumping on a couch. He's just like holding the demon being like, you complete me. <laughs> Keanu Reeves having to go to hell. Dude, to that Reagan is back. what I'm afraid that people are going to interpret when they listen to this. Is like, oh God, he just wants Constantine. <laughs> no, I don't want that. I don't want a gunfight between this demon and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well, I hold on. Do. Now I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, what a bad actor that somehow gets credit as an amazing actor. <laughs> he gets work because he's a good dude. <laughs> I think I think he knows he's a bad actor, which makes it that much better. Oh. Which in turn makes him a good actor. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's see. Sorry, this film has come into the realm of like, it's so part of, so, uh, of culture that, like, there's a billion things of trivia. Um, oh, I bet. Oh, God, I bet. Are we One in the of, realm where it's, like, stupid shit, like I've complained yeah. about before? Yeah. And, like... Didn't we used to have a segment about that? A trivia segment? Yeah, like a bad trivia segment. I, mean, I, I think a, we did have that early on, and we just kind of we did, fell yeah. out of favor. <laughs> well, there was actually a serial killer in the movie, um... One of the right. we mentioned the uh, what do they call that thing the radio angio fucking oh the cerebral <laughs> cerebral angiography yeah. cortex yeah that thing yeah during that scene so it's it's funny most people thought that that was the scariest uh, uh, scene in the movie which I tend to agree with yeah it's pretty rough but one of the uh, they he he made a point to get like real doctors so like the person doing the the procedure is like an actual dude that like knows how to do that shit one of the assistants like in the background is uh Paul Bateson 
who later would go on to murder a film critic. Huh. <laughs> so watch your tongue, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he was the prime suspect, though never convicted, in a series of killings uh, called like the Bag Murders or some shit. Where yeah, we have a real killer. Eh, this was the '70s. Like you throw a dart into a room, you're gonna hit a serial killer. Like, <laughs> like it's just, um, just the way it was. Some of this trivia actually is interesting. Like they had to take an all British film crew to Iraq because the U.S. had no diplomatic relations, <laughs> <laughs> and they were allowed to film uh, on ar- actual archaeology digs because they, on conditions that they taught Iraqi filmmakers advanced film techniques as well as how to make fake blood. Oh my god! <laughs> I know that's like one of those so out there polls, and I'm like, that's actually good trivia. That's one of those. If you're the you're the director of the of doing the props, you're like. Why? We're like, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I think the be- uh, one of the more like film, as far as film trivia goes, um, Linda Blair was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress before they knew that her voice was dubbed over. So when it came time, when that came out into the public, it was like she pr- it pretty much disqualified her from winning the award oh. because like half of the acting wasn't hers. Well, if I was the other actress, I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> be like, well, she sued and got credit, so. Oh, there you go. Good for you, lady. That's bullshit. I mentioned that a while ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Exorcist. Don't play with Ouija boards. Don't play Dungeons and Dragons. It invites the devil into your household. And definitely oh, don't read Harry Potter. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Linda Blair had to have, like, security placed on her because of, like, crazy Christians who thought this, like, it was glorifying the devil. What? The more things change, the more they stay the same. It's funny you guys bring that up, because when I was little, I was not allowed to watch this film because of uh, that that sentence you just said. Watching a film about the devil invites the devil into your home. Where is that in the Bible? I don't know. Chapter one. (laughs) Do not watch TV shows with the devil. It's how he gets in. What's TV? Don't worry, this will apply later on. <laughs> that, yeah, that didn't make sense until much, much later. Now that I've actually seen this movie, I don't think the reason I was not allowed to watch it had anything to do with the devil. I think it was just because of the couple of scenes in there. Yeah, I would, I would yeah. say that's probably not suitable. <laughs> not, not a children's film. Uh, <laughs> no arguments there. Um, yeah, we're not going to see a VeggieTales spinoff of this movie. <laughs> well, well, gosh, she should stab herself with a crucifix. <laughs> Is that Veggie Tales or is that Goofy? <laughs> it was a crossover. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So in terms of how this did, so adjusted for inflation, it would be the highest grossing horror movie of all time. And uh, in fact, I think Warner expected it to flop since it had gone over budget, didn't have any stars. Um and they had to expand it into wide release. Um, so let's see. It made, I think, probably it made about four hundred forty million over the course of its uh, theatrical run. But it was re-released, I think, a, a few times. Uh, so immensely successful, adjusted for inflation. I think the ninth highest of all time. And uh, this is another one of those movies. Every once in a while, there's one where everyone claims that like. Oh, you know, like people are passing out or like having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So I think someone claimed they had a miscarriage because of watching this movie. 
and I, I don't know, I think a lot of those claims are always kind of dubious, but like this, this is one of those movies where people claim like it had adverse health effects because it was so disturbing. Yeah. Some dude passed out in the theater and like broke his jaw and sued the production company uh, uh, saying that subliminal messaging in the movie caused him to pass out. And he, they settled out of court. <laughs> like, like he got money. Good on you, sir. <laughs> Take your shot, right? That's how I'm going to make it big. I'm just going to go to movies and just like fall over. Yeah. So you're, you're saying you're viewing a Matrix Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the, the, the minions caused me to black out. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I could see how like the blood scene where it's like spurting. Like if you're With the one, neck, one yeah, of those people little, that like faints at the sight of blood. How that could get you yeah but like yeah that was very real yeah and i mean it is it is intense but that sounds a lot of the studio also being like yeah it's it's scary <laughs> dude this sounds like a terrible <laughs> movie to have acted into like the uh oh, yeah. they went to so many lengths to make it realistic which is great for us as a viewer but like they super refrigerated that room so that the <laughs> the uh yeah that looked the that breath looked cold yeah, the breath coming out was actually real. Uh, was it like Kubrick levels of torture? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she Linda Blair for the sequel like explicitly stated in her contract that she was not wearing that makeup again. Oh, I bet that was a nightmare every yeah, day like to get on. Hours and hours of getting makeup on, and it was like super uncomfortable. And there was um, a sequel to this. There's three. Yeah, I think yeah, there's been a, a few. It's apparently one of the worst movies of all time. Really? <laughs> yeah, number two, but three is supposed to be really good, actually. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I'm not even third? joking. Yeah, three is supposed to be like an excellent film. <laughs> I don't think it's on this list, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because I don't think I'll ever watch that movie or any other movies like that again. Well, don't, yeah, I'm don't count over your it. chickens before you hatch. We're only like 50 movies into this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I'm obligated to watch yeah, movies. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You'll watch whatever he tell you to, you fuck. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? So it was apparently very close to being rated X, and there was a whole big controversy over it being rated R. Um, and, you know, it's gone through a number of controversies just because it's so graphic. Um, so I think the it was very successful in reviews, and super um super well received by audiences right like people were flocking to see it lots of people regarded it as like an actually scary film as opposed to you know jump scares it was nominated for a bunch of oscars including for best picture which was new for a horror movie it kind of almost legitimized them it won best screenplay based on material for an, from another medium which i think would be considered best adapted screenplay yeah. at this point yeah it won best sound as well i was about to say did we talk about the soundtrack yes. at all holy cow it must not have been a a war movie up for that one <laughs> sound editing but yeah the soundtrack was so iconic and it's one of those things because it was not um not a, like a very overbearing or bombastic soundtrack it was i think fairly subtle most of the time yeah, that piano harpsichord song, like that was yeah. really good um, as far as tone setting and everything. Um, but even like, I don't know if it was like fully work per se, but the actual sound effects 
Um, they were very jarring and, and very good. Yeah. Yeah, the demon it, noises. It did Ooh. beat Paper Moon for best sound. Good. Oh, thank God. Fuck that guy. Um, also, the soundtrack, I think that, that key little, uh, the song only plays twice in the movie. Yeah. And the rest of the time, there's no sound, I don't feel like, or any music. And I also, when I heard it, I was like, oh, for the longest time, I thought that was the Halloween song. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does kind of, rem- it is kind of reminiscent of that. It's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now I'm going to have to like play them both back to back and be like, wait a minute. John Carpenter I'm sure stole it drew that inspiration. Shit. Yeah. Nominated for 10 Oscars, though. When did Halloween come out? It was probably after. Yeah, it was after. Wasn't it like yeah, so n- early 80s or something? Late 70s. Um, but yes, uh, lots of Oscars, which I'm again is like just not something horror movies did at that time. Uh, won a bunch of Golden Globes. We don't care about those. Uh, and then had many sequels and many ripoffs and imitations. <laughs> but let's um, let's take a moment and uh, come to the part that we've all been waiting for, which is ranking it amongst amongst the movies we have watched so far. So this is actually our 48th movie. June, where do you put it? So I unfortunately have to do a little bit of a cop out um, and do a direct comparison with Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed Rosemary's Baby more Whoa, than this movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. Not to say it was a bad movie, but I think the the actual like entertainment value. Th- again, this movie, The Exorcist, was hamstrung by the fact that the first half was just completely worthless. Um, so it's true. That that I had agree. a lot to do with it, but I think from the clever uh, not cleverness but like the execution of the storyline rosemary's baby was just a little bit better so i'm going to put it at number 36 behind rosemary's baby and ahead of jfk wow interesting shane where do you put it we're gonna we're gonna be real different i think i'm gonna be way different than everyone else i really i you know i know i pitched a movie that i wanted to see but i i do that for everything um i really liked this film a lot so i'm putting it at number four just over Jaws, wow. like I really wow. liked. It made me super uncomfortable. I actually liked. I liked a lot of the setup. I do agree it was a little too much, which keeps it out of like top contention. But yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it a lot, and I, yeah. Hmm. What about you, Mike? Hey, what was what was out of the past about? <laughs> <laughs> we just watched that that was like two episodes something about ago. the past coming to haunt someone or something <laughs> that's the guy <laughs> oh that's who, uh, uh, the born identity but in 1940 where he's the I what <laughs> isn't that what? he's the pi no that, that yeah, was the, he, he's the yeah. pi and he goes to chase down that woman that ran away and he falls in love. i don't know how that relates to born identity Oh uh, yeah, okay. I put it underneath out of the past at <laughs> you number was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was right above the born ultimatum, so you're both kind of right. saying, what the hell yeah. is real bravo? <laughs> what is this? I don't know. That one sounds better than this. <laughs> um So that's thirty three for you? Yeah, thirty three. Nice. <sighs> what is big fish about <laughs> um i'm i'm torn on this one because this is a movie that was not to my taste but that i thought was very well made and executed 
so I'm kind of torn as to where to put it. And I'm thinking, um, I'm going to put it at 24 ahead of JFK because that is the closest I can get to thinking of movies that I didn't really like, but thought were interesting. But I do think it was really well done. I think it was a really interesting example of the craft, but it was not to my interest. And it it did have flaws, as we talked about. Um, And I'm also looking at 12 Monkeys and remembering how I had a note about how the scene where he meets his mother in the hospital reminded me of the the psych ward from (laughs) 12 Monkeys. (laughs) Uh, Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys would have been a good person to send in to do the exorcism. (laughs) He would have ended up punching her in the face a bunch, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the final vote, do you recommend watching it? And this might be an interesting one. June? Yes, I do. Um, Again, it's just become iconic to where if you haven't seen it, you'll miss a lot of references just in life. And it, again, once I think once you get past the front half, it it's like you get really invested into it. Like, how are they going to solve this problem? So yeah, I recommend it. Shane, absolutely. You, you gotta you gotta see it. It's one of the most iconic movies of all time, and uh, it's really uncomfortable. It, it's a, it's a horror movie that does what a horror movie is supposed to do, and that is legitimately Which scare is you, horrify you. Yes. <laughs> Mike? Um, I think because it's so iconic that you don't need to see it, and I don't recommend watching it, I think you pretty much know what it's about from how iconic it's always been. Do you know what lightsabers no. are? Good, you don't need to see Star Wars. It's true. <laughs> Movie's old as shit. <laughs> and, you know, I think I recommend watching it. It is a tough watch, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining us. That has been The Exorcist, and we're going to actually move on next time. I'm going to change gears dramatically again to another Al Pacino movie with Scent of a Woman. I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah, you did it. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a demon in your room. (laughs) we're, uh, We're only a few movies away from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yay, and Johnny Depp's back, baby. (laughs) <laughs> all righty all right well it's been great folks we'll catch you the next one